On this week's episode of The Fizz, I'm going to let you guys know what I was up to during my vacation between Christmas and New Year's. After that, we're going to touch on the Lions season this year and just how painful it actually was. From there, we're going to talk a little bit about the Red Wings, Dylan Larkin, what we can expect from him moving forward, and then we're going to wrap it up with a little game of over-under. But before I get into all of that, I want to let you guys know about a Detroit-based company called Mullybox. That's M-U-L-L-Y-B-O-X, Mullybox. This is a subscription-based service for golfers. Save time, save money, save strokes, Mullybox. What they'll do for $29.99 every month is ship you a box of golf shit filled with the stuff you need and the stuff you didn't know you needed. It comes right to your door. You don't have to think about it. Sign up for the subscription, $29.99 a month. It's guaranteed to have over $60 in value in the box. The last one that just went out was over $100 in value. Best part is, if you use the code CHAMPAGNE when you purchase, you'll get your first Mully Box free. So if you're a golfer and you're serious about improving your game and you want this thing coming to your house every month, you don't have to think about it, go to MullyBox.com. That's M-U-L-L-Y-B-O-X.com. They're a Detroit-based startup. Go help them out if you're a serious golfer. It's a great product. Everything in there is going to be over $60 in value, and most of the time, it's even more than that. Use the code CHAMPAGNE when you check out. Get your first Mully Box free. But now, let's get into the fizz. Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chalk with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of The Fizz. Happy belated Christmas, happy belated New Year, and everything in between. I hope everyone has their shit together for 2019 because it's going to be a very big year. Uh, My New Year's resolution uh, is to provide you guys the absolute best Detroit sports-based podcast in all of the world, and that starts right here, right now, January 9th, 2019. For me, it's the 8th. I'm recording in my basement, as always. It's cold down here. It's getting chilly. Um, It's a dirty, scary basement, unfinished, but I'm here. This is where we record now. Um, If you hear any other sounds, it's just the house being the house or my fiance or my dog walking around. Um, And that's that's just part of the fun now that we're outside of the beautiful Foundation Hotel where I used to record and into my own basement. Um, obviously took a couple weeks off there for the new year and the holiday, um, had a wedding, did Christmas, did New Year's. Um, it was all, uh, you know, just crazy time around the holidays. So didn't have time to do the fizz, but we're here in 2019. And I want to thank you all uh, very, very much. Those who have been here for every episode, even when I went on my over year long hiatus. So I thank you very much for sticking with me. And if there's anybody out there listening for the first time, I thank you very, very much as well. Um, It's going to be a fun ride. Um, So 
During those weeks off, I did take a little vacation right after Christmas and into the new year. Uh, I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina, kind of a random as all fuck place to go. And the way it came about is like, you know, when you have those absolutely wasted nights till like four or five in the morning and you're all, uh, you know, you're all juiced up, you're greasing wheels, you're talking a little nuts to your buddies um, and you start talking about starting a company slash going on a trip. Well, uh, well, uh, we had that conversation and most 99.9% of the time you wake up and you never talk about it again. You, you just don't speak of it with, with your friend. Well, we did that about 400 times with a, uh, a couple friend of ours. Only this time, we actually did it. We actually got together, planned the trip, and went on that wasted, planned trip that we didn't think we were going to do. Um, don't really know how we landed on Hilton Head. I think we were just like Googling warmest places in America during New Year's, um, and Hilton Head just kept coming up. Um, it was absolutely great. Um, people got a lot of money out in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Um, we drank a ton of White Claws, ate a bunch of oysters, uh, saw some gators hanging out around the golf courses. It was a great time. Uh, but probably the most fun thing we did that we were out there while we were out there was we went kayaking in the ocean. Um, first of all, we had the greatest tour guide on the planet. His name was Dave. Now, Dave was awesome right from the get-go. We were paired with like two other families when we went to sign up to go do this kayak thing. Like you meet out by like a dirty shore. It's like a cash only kind of place. They throw you in a kayak. Uh, whoever's there is you're kind of, you're kind of tied up with and you're, you go on this kayak trip and then, and then they brought us, you know, they brought us Dave and Dave was awesome right from the get go. Um, like I said, paired with two other families, um, then it was me, my fiance, and then the couple that we went with. So it was a group of four of us plus, I don't know, like seven or eight other people. Um, we show up and we look like such fucking Yankees. It's unbelievable. Um, but that's neither here nor there, but I have a basketball string shoe bag, um, just loaded with beers and claws. Um, the bag was absolutely packed to the max and I'm not fooling a single person there that I'm about to go kayaking with 40 beers on me. Um, especially not Dave, you know, but this ain't, this ain't, uh, this, this ain't Dave's first time around the block. I mean, this guy has lived on the Hilton Head Island for over 23 years. He was from the Jersey area. Um, he's an ex golf pro said he met his wife on the Island and hasn't left since. And let me tell you, Dave has seen, Dave has seen some shit. Dave fucks. Um, but anyways, Dave is cool with the claws. You know, he sees me with the huge bag, just kind of ignores it bag and beers. He doesn't really care. So we're going around, um, this Island area. We're looking at houses and let me tell you something here. Dave knew everything about absolutely everything from birds to houses, to gators, to the weather, to the tide, to chicks, to beers, to sports, to fucking, to everything. Dave was the man with an answer to any fucking question that I had. It was mind-blowing. My mans did not hesitate. He had it for me. He was just there for me, right with an answer. But the number one thing that he knew the most about, that I found myself asking the most questions about, was fucking dolphins. Yes, dolphins. Let me tell you. Coolest animal in the world. I used to consider myself more of like a cheetah guy for like 
off the cuff, like what's your favorite animal type shit. Cause they were just really fast. They can run like 70 miles an hour, but now hands down dolphin, these things, these things fuck. Just like I said, Dave fucks these dolphins. Fuck. Dave was telling me shit. I never thought could be possible whatsoever. While we were kayaking along these things, like literally these things as in the dolphins, they were swimming up right next to us and shit like that. He said dolphins can detect when a woman is pregnant. Yeah, exactly. He said they have sonar that gives them a picture image of the organs that we have inside of us. And when he sees a fetus in a pregnant woman, they like will swim alongside the kayak of the pregnant woman to protect the unborn child. Real like sci-fi shit that I didn't even know what could be could be real or is real and who knows he could have he could have been lying to me i was eating whatever dave was feeding me i was fucking eating on this trip but to me it was mind-blowing it was fucking mind-blowing i don't think the guy would lie to me so i am believing whatever dave told me but all in all it was a great trip i would recommend going there we did hit savannah for like a day and night one day Um, we drank the entire day. Whoa, I could barely move the next day. We were actually in Savannah, Georgia for the sugar bowl, which obviously had Georgia play in Texas. Um, so naturally I'm a bulldog owner. I'm a Stafford fan and I was physically in the state of Georgia. So me and my buddy had like a hundred drinks in us. We were all juiced up to start the sugar bowl. So we threw the absolute house at the bulldogs. And obviously they proceeded to get walked all over as we saw, like, I don't know if you saw the clip of Bevo, the fucking longhorn charging at the bulldog. Um, we should have known right there that it was, that it was over, but Hey, that's how it goes. Most times, you know, um, but enough about my trip and new year's, we have a lot to catch up on in the Detroit sports world. So let's get into it. So since we last spoke, the lions were still playing football games, believe it or not, LOL, (laughs) They lost an absolute stink fest to the Bills, got embarrassed by the Vikings, and then blew out the pack in Lambeau. Uh, Pretty standardly confusing for this Lions season that we just had. Um, And I recently wrote an article talking about the five worst moments, situation, plays, if you will, of the season. Like five pinpointed actual worst moments. Um, Towards the end, I got a little broad. I was kind of losing my mind reliving the season we just had. Um, And while I do think there were like a billion horrible moments, uh, this is how I laid them out. And they kind of go in reverse order of the season, reverse like the late, the like number five is later in the season than number one, Um, because I just feel like as the season dragged on, it actually just got less painful because I had so such high hopes for the start and they were crushed almost instantly. So watching them kind of just eat ass towards the middle middle and end of the season was just kind of like, meh. I like had already given up on them. Um, I had real psychopath moments more towards the beginning of the year than I did in the middle and the end, again, because I was so mentally exhausted from watching these guys. Um, but my number five worst moment, um, this one's more selfish. I thought this was actually really funny, and I thought it just kind of was a full culmination of kind of the Lions season that we've had. And it was so painfully, gut-wrenchingly Lions um, that I just I had to put it on the list. Um, but it's when we played the Vikings at home in late December. The season was already to shit, and Cousins, Cousins at the end of the half just hucked up that Hail Mary to Rudolph as time expired. Um, 
Rudolph just went up and got it untouched and scored the touchdown. It seriously looked like he was a high school big brother playing 500 with all the little grade schooler friends. It was almost like a Billy Madison type moment of him going up and catching that football. I mean, flick of the wrist from Cousins, six points. I don't think the Lions scored in the second half at all. Um, they were up 9 nothing in that game, too. It, it, it just, to me, was just such an absolute Lions moment. So that was my number five. As we move forward here, these are a little more of like the actual turning points of the season when we realized the team was actually for shit. Um, at number four, I have that horse shit call at the end of the San Francisco game in week two. Um, it was that Quandre Diggs holding or whatever during Tracy Walker's interception that would have put us, uh, it most likely would have won us the game, but at least would have tied it, I think. Um, Lions really needed that game like fucking bad. I know it was only week two, um, but you know, looking ahead to the schedule, it was harder than hell moving forward. Um, you know, we, we knew we needed that game and Quandre Diggs was like 80 miles away from that play and his, his holding or whatever you want to call it had zero. And I mean, absolutely zero influence on the outcome of that play. I just, the ref should have just, you got to swallow your whistles there and, uh, you know, let the boys play. Um, number three, uh, I got week four versus Dallas. Um, I posted on the Instagram the other day. It's the pass from Dak to Zeke in the final minutes. Um, absolutely perfect throw from Dak to Zeke over Jared Davis, our former first round pick from 2017. Uh, that pass and catch leads to a last minute field goal as, as time expires. Game over. Instead of going to two and two, we fall to one and three. Uh, Dallas is playing football this week. And the Lions are playing grab ass. Uh, wins like that do matter down the stretch. I believe the early wins do help a lot. I mean, the Colts, if you look at the Colts right now, started one and five, they tell you to fuck off. But these games were huge for the Lions. Um, number two, which probably could have easily selfishly been number one, um, is Seattle. It's the fucking Seattle game. It was the seventh game for the Lions of the year. I think it, I think it was off a buy. I think the Lions were off a buy if I'm correct. I could be wrong on that though. This is a game I will remember, will remember honestly for the rest of my life because this is the game that made me the most jaded motherfucker about the Lions of all time. I see my dad, my uncles, um, older family members who have been Lions fans since the dawn of time and they are so indifferent. They are so fed up. They are so over it and jaded about the Lions um, and I never thought I'd get that way, but guess what? I'm, I'm getting that way. And it's games like this one that have me getting that way. This stupid fucking game at home off a of bye, I think both teams, three and three, both needed a W and the lions were favored like hell to win it. Ford field was rocking. The whole place was juiced up. The lions score on the opening drive. And then from there, they just proceed to blow loose fart after loose fart on offense. They couldn't get the ball past the 40. And when they did, they just commit a turnover. Um, in crunch time towards the end of the game, Stafford fumbled for a turnover. He threw a pick when it mattered most. And Seattle just ran it down our throats with Carson the entire time. Then the real kick to the dick, the real shot to the nuts towards the end of this is their punter faked a field goal out of their own end zone to end the game. Just only Detroit Lions, SOL, just unreal shit that you can't make up. You can't make this shit up unless, you, unless you're like a Cleveland Browns fan. I feel like that's the only fan base that could actually relate to what happens with the fucking Lions. 
And just for me personally, I was so hungover going to that game from the night before. Um, I really honestly didn't even want to go to the game. I just wanted to lay on my couch and watch it and watch Red Zone. Um, but it was like a work obligation thing. So naturally, I get like half a beer in me and it's like shampoo effect. And I decided smart to throw the absolute house at the Lions. Um, you know, I bet on them legitimately walking through the turnstiles at 12.59 p.m. Like I remember the bet said, accepted, 12.59 p.m. Um, lost, obviously lost big, um, God, they are such idiots. And that was just like, okay, I am so done. The next week they, they traded, they traded Golden Tate. That's when the season really took a turning point was, was that, was that Seahawks game, obviously for both teams. Cause then the Seahawks went on to make the playoffs and the Lions just went on to eat more ass. But honestly, even, even more than that, uh, number one all day for this 2018 Lions season, was even worse to Seattle was that Jets loss at home week one on Monday Night Football. Um, the NFL was trying to hand us a W, trying to give us a W, and instead we just we just peed all over our own faces on national TV. And to make matters worse, obviously, if you remember that game, place was like electric. Week one, NFL, Lions, Matt Patricia, like improved o-line improved running game patriots head coach like this is it let's go forward let's fucking put together the best fucking season we've had in a long time let's win this division let's get real juiced up and detroit was ready to blow the lid off the place and they almost did because the first play from scrimmage they they picked it off and they took it to the house and i thought detroit was going to burn down i was living in my old apartment right across the street from ford field and you my our building was shaking the whole place was just absolutely insane but obviously we know what happened from there um it was a tie game actually early in the third quarter and then the jets or the lions proceeded to give up 31 points in the third quarter alone the jets did not even score in the fourth the jets scored 31 points in the third quarter and I can still hear those those New York fucking asshats chanting Jets, Jets, Jets with like nine minutes to go in the game. Stafford's sitting on the bench. Patricia's got a fucking, got that pencil up his ass looking clueless and homeless as all fuck. <sighs> but I got to let it go. It's another fucking season in the shitter. Um, you know, chalk it up as another dog shit season lost amongst uh, piles upon piles of turds of shitty seasons past. You know, Jim Bob Cooter's gone, so no more Cooter dust or Cooter magic. It's a shame that that name is gone from Detroit. You know, not, not his play calling. I'm glad the play calling's gone. I'm glad he's gone. And, you know, we can get a new guy to disappoint us, but I am kind of bummed we lost the name Jim Bob Cooter. Forward. But, hey, let's move on from the Detroit Lions before I have a goddamn <clears throat> brain aneurysm. Um, let's chat about... The Detroit, we get leads but can't seem to hold them, Red Wings. Um, but honestly, I don't want to bitch about the boys too much. Yes, they have been getting early leads. Yes, they have been giving games away uh, late. Um, they've been losing it over time. Um, yes, they have clearly glaring needs on the defensive side of things, but we've known that for a while. Um, but I will say these guys are pretty damn fun to watch this year. They're a lot more entertaining. They're a lot more exciting. Um, they're playing with a lot more passion and purpose, which it is pretty fun to watch. Um, and that Preds game the other day, Whoa. Best game of the year, hands down, um, especially with Larks finishing like a uh, running back looking for daylight. That was pretty that was pretty damn cool. Um, Dylan Larkin, undoubtedly the team's MVP here as we approach the midway point. 
And I have to say, he's shocking me with what he's doing. Um, I'll be the first to admit, um, I doubted his superstar ability. Um, and now he is not, you know, a superstar yet, but he is definitely showing potential at being the future of the Wings. So 44 games played this year, 18 goals, 23 assists. That's good for 41 points. Um, most goals he's ever had in a season was his rookie year. He got 23. Uh, most points ever uh, in a season was 63. He got that last year. But what I'm most happy about is that um, he has four game-winning goals. And it seems like when overtime rolls around or in a close game, he is just fucking dangerous. He's doing that captain-like shit of willing the team to win, and the team has faith in him in those close games. And you can um, just tell that he knows, the team knows, that he's going to make a play or be on the ice for a big play. Um, so it's a lot of fun to watch watch him. The biggest uh, question mark we'll have going forward um, after the All-Star break is if the guy can hang, bang, and slang in the second half of the season. Um, teams are once again going to take more notice of him because he's having such a good year. This is exactly what happened in his rookie year. Um, he had a really strong first half of the year. I think he had like 16 goals in the first half, and then he completely fizzled out hardcore in the second half because um, a lot of people were taking more notice of him. Um, you know, there's also there's the theory that I also have, which I believe is much more accurate than defense is taking more notice of Dylan Larkin. My guess is that he just started fucking partying like an animal back in 2015, 2016. He was like 19 or 20 years old or some shit like that. He was the hottest thing the Red Wings had. Um, he just won fastest skater. Um, you know, he's playing in his hometown. He was probably just at like level two downtown Detroit or maybe Exodus every every night ordering bottle service and just crushing, just crushing Metro Detroit ass. Um, you know, and when and when he was not in Detroit, he was doing it all over the country. So maybe I'm wrong about teams paying more attention to him. Um, I maybe he was just hung over and fatigued from all the all the ass he was crushing. Um, either way, um, either way, it's kind of tight. LGRW. Oh, and hey, we're uh, we're not going to win, but let's try to vote Larkin in um, to the All Star game. Um, I think it's I think it's kind of boring that Jimmy Howard's going over him, but I understand there is a need for goalies, not a need for forwards, especially in the Atlantic. Um, but at least you know, let's try to put a half ass effort towards voting Larkin in. Um, you know, and you know, I got I got to be honest here with you, I I have not voted. Um, <clears throat> I haven't voted, not because I don't want him in. Um, I'm just like one piece of shit. You got to like log in to vote. Um, and I just, I haven't done it. And if I'm being honest, he's 22 years old. I'm about to be 28 in like a week here. And I feel kind of a, like a loser, like a little kid logging into NHL.com every day and like voting 10 times for this kid who would steal my fiance in a heartbeat and go to the all-star game. He probably doesn't even want to go. He's got, he's got ass to, he's got ass to crush. Okay, moving on to the last section here of the podcast, we're going to do something that I used to do all the time when I recorded at Foundation Hotel, um, and it is a game called Over Under. Um, very, very simple concept of the game here. Um, I have a friend, colleague, listener send me a list of 10 words. I don't look at them, and they send them via email. I don't read the email. Um, and then right here, live, I read them, and I tell you if that – thing, item, person, place, whatever, idea is over or underrated. So today relied on my trusty champagne fan, uh, fat boy Jerry, 
uh, to send me the list. And if you don't know who Fatboy Jerry is, uh, you'll get to know him. Go listen to some old ones. He is my slightly overweight accountant friend who lives in Cleveland but is a big Detroit sports fan. Um, it makes zero sense why he lives in Cleveland. I don't understand it. No one understands it. He should move home. But honestly, it's probably better that I have my distance from him. We have a very touch-and-go relationship. But today, he sent over the over-under list, um, and I am about to go through it right now. So let me get this email up and see what we got. Okay, so number one on the list for over-underrated, White Claws. White Claws are absolutely underrated. White Claws have changed my life. I'll tell you about my story with White Claws here. They were first introduced to me at Fatboy Jerry's bachelor party, and we were drinking on a lawn for like hours upon hours. And I refused to drink the White Claws because I thought they were too pussy. And I said, we need to be men and drink beers, which is probably the more respectable route to go. And I did that all weekend. I wanted to die. Next weekend, I go on my buddy's boat. We start crushing White Claws. They're the greatest things ever. I'm shit-faced. They are wonderful. Raspberry White Claw is my favorite thing on earth. Not favorite thing on earth. That is such an exaggeration. Those are my favorite flavor of White Claw. White Claws are a great invention. Um, very dangerous. Mo- most influential alcohol to be introduced in my life since the Four loco. Fact. Big fact on that. Okay, number two. Let's see what we got here. Kenny G, wide receiver number one. Uh, that's that's underrated. Uh, I'm gonna go underrated. D- that's just a fact. Kenny Kenny Galladay is gonna be a wide out, uh, number one wide out at least with the Lions. Um, on other teams, he he might not be, but I think he's got potential to be the number one. Uh, he's number 19, which is the hottest number in the fucking world. Um, I believe in Kenny G um, as the Leo's number one. Definitely need some support around him. I think they should draft a receiver, but Kenny G number one wide out Detroit. Hair conditioner. Um, this is interesting. Um, I think he's trying to get me to talk about how I'm balding, uh, which is big facts, big facts. Thin hair is thinning out real fast. Um, I kind of, I use like a head and shoulders two in one kind of, kind of deal. So I'm going to, I'm going to just say it's overrated. I don't, I don't really get the need for it, but I'm sure people with like thick heads of hair, like actual human, like men with hair, they, they probably need it. So for me as a balding guy, real thin hair, it's, it's overrated. It's fucking overrated. Fuck everybody with hair. (laughs) Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron was clearly underrated in Detroit. Um, You know, I want to hate the guy so much for all the drops here, but it kind of just goes to show you when you take a talented guy and you put him in the right offense, what he's able to do. And it kind of shows you what an elite quarterback can do for a team. Him and Luck are boys, hits him up every fucking week. Um, in Detroit, he was just kind of like turd on a stick who dropped everything. So it just kind of goes to show you what the organization's like. It goes to show you how jaded I am about the fucking Lions, too. Like, good for Ebron, man. Catch your touchdowns. I don't even care. Number five. I've never been there, but that one bar that everybody, that everyone Instagrams with the black light shit. Oh, this is, he's, re- <laughs> he's referring to uh, Deluxe Flux, downtown Detroit. Um, every time I go to Deluxe Flux, I black out. Um, there's no in between. I don't get kind of drunk. I don't get really drunk. I black out. Um, there's a foosball table there. Last time I was there, I'm pretty sure I fell down and like 
puked in the Uber on the way home. Um, bar downtown Detroit. It's in the belt. All the neon lights. You've seen all the Instagrams. Uh, that bar. That bar is underrated. That bar is fucking great. <laughs> I don't. I don't care uh, how messy it is the next day. I don't care how much my head hurts the next day. I don't care. Even care how like douchey it might look. That place is fun as hell. One thing you gotta look out for in Deluxe Flux, Deluxe Flux Bucks Mucks, is that the floor is slippery as all fuck. So the best thing about that bar is you sit in the corner and you got to establish a seat because if you're wasted, you will fall down. This place is like the slipperiest bar in the world. I've actually just referred to it as slippery bar, but you can watch these bitches try to take these fucking sexy Instagram photos in their heels and fucking just eat shit. You can just watch it on repeat. They need to put some grips down because they're going to get sued. They should be sued. But you can watch these Instagram girls just hit the fucking deck. They'll just eat shit all day. It's really entertaining to watch like these attractive Instagram girls just think they're hot shit and hit the deck. It's a lot of fun. Ducks, flux, blocks, mucks, frux, crux. R. Kelly. Um, R. R. Kelly. That you, you caught me off guard with that one. Is he over or underrated? I'm going to go overrated. Overrated because he peed on that 15-year-old chick. Um, good singer, but you can't be... Can't be peeing on, peeing on underage girls. Peed on that chick. Number seven, R. Kelly overrated. Uh, number seven, being a homeowner. Uh, who? Uh, being a homeowner is it's probably overrated. It's overrated. There's always stuff to do here. Like I have lived in apartments my whole life. Just recently bought a house, um, and there is just always shit to do. And you got to pay for all the shit, or you got to do the shit yourself. Um, but that side of it, that side of it blows. But I really enjoy the space. And having the home making me sound like an old lame-ass Jerry. But I did not enjoy painting. Um, I did not enjoy learning how to rewire lights. I don't enjoy when shit breaks. Um, there is just always something to do, which is not something I took in consideration before buying the house. But I will say it's nice to have a lawn for my dog to shit on. So I'll go with the the working, the, the, the fixing shit part is overrated as hell. Having the space owning the home that's underrated it's a great feeling eight new year's new year's is completely overrated most overrated fucking thing in the world um you go out it's absolute amateur hour you stay up too late you start the year feeling like absolute shit um the only thing i woke up with on new year's was anxiety because i because i stayed up till like 6 a.m drinking partying shaking like a leaf the next day was not ready for 2019 new year's is so overrated it's it's amateur hour out there but hey happy new year 2019 is gonna be the best year yet number nine tyler bertuzzi tyler bertuzzi is underrated tyler bertuzzi is going to be a staple gritty red wing moving forward he's related to todd bertuzzi who's a fucking legend he rocks that missing tooth like it's fucking nothing he wears number 59 he's a clown he's an absolute clown and i'm glad he's on the wings um, I'm excited to see where he goes and how he progresses moving forward. Tyler Bertuzzi also lives at the Scott. I'm sure he'll, him and Dylan Larkin just cruise the city of Detroit, just crushing ass. His ugly flow and fucking, fucking missing tooth. That guy is that guy is a clown, but he is fun to watch. Tyler Bertuzzi underrated. All right, number ten, final one here. Winter sports. Winter sports are underrated. Winter sports are fucking fantastic like the winter olympics i used to love that shit still love that shit uh i go up to saint ignis every year play outdoor hockey hockey's an outdoor sport it's greatest sport on earth that is an underrated sport that's the winter sport 
the luge, fucking crazy. Skeleton, even fucking crazier. Ski jumping, that is out of control shit they do. Skiers, snowboarders, Sean White, that shit is so fucking cool and it is so, so underrated. Like, I'll never forget the 2002 Olympics when Detroit in 2002 had the sickest hockey team of all time. Like, you know, the, the Robitaille, Hull, Chelios, Eiserman, Fedorov, Shanahan, Hasek, that fucking team, Lindstrom, all that shit. That Olympics, when USA and Canada played in the gold medal game, Canada got gold, USA got silver, and there's that picture of Eiserman, Shanahan, um, Hull, and Chelios all together holding their medals. I thought, like, the Winter Olympics were the coolest thing on, in the world. Winter sports, absolutely underrated. Most passionate I felt about anything on the list, maybe besides White Claws, um, which are the greatest alcohol since Four Loko. All right, that's all we got today, team. I really appreciate you listening in. Visit the website. Follow me on Twitter. I have like 10 Twitter followers, and it's kind of embarrassing. Um, if you're on Twitter, just search Champagne Athletics. You'll find me there. Um, follow us on Twitter. If you have any questions, concerns, want to fuck with me, uh, send an email to champagneathletics at gmail.com. Don't forget to buy a Mully box and buy a T-shirt um, from the store. Champagneathletics.com. Click shop. All the T-shirts are there. It would mean the world to me. But, hey, I'm glad you guys made it this far. Thank you so much, uh, LGRW. And I'm going to say for the Super Bowl, go Saints. I'm going Saints this year. Have a good one, guys. See you next week. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chomp with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball hard. Don't just leave out harder. I am the bird man.